So this morning, uh, first of all, can I just welcome anyone who, if this is your first time and, and you haven't been here before, I just want to welcome you this morning um, and hope that you find it to be very accommodating and hospitable here uh, in the church. We're super glad to have you guys with us. And this morning, we're going to do something that's a little bit different than normal. Um, typically, we would have a teaching in this time and some prayer, but instead, uh, we've invited uh, the team from YWAM, who has been the YWAM North Idaho cell, to come and share with you guys, and um, they have some really big things coming up. Um, for some of you, you will remember that uh, Transform Ministry half years ago, and we started meeting in YWAM space. Um, one of the big parts of God confirming uh, that we were supposed to plant this church was providing space downtown for us because we had prayed that the Lord would put us here, and when this is really where he had um, set our hearts on, and YWAM opened their doors to us and um, let us come in and make a mess of their space and uh, put all of our gear in there and, and, and just meet on Sundays. And how many of you guys were actually there when we used to meet at YWAM's building? So, uh, you know, a little, probably a little over half the room, but, but not much more. Um, and you guys remember the steamy windows, the fun times, the non-stage. Dude, we packed that place out, multiple services. And, and the Lord, when he provided this space for us to meet in, um, we were very excited to continue doing ministry with YWAM. And so many of you know that some of their staff and their DTS students have made Transform uh, their home. And so we just love being connected with these guys. Um, we love the ministry that they're doing, and we want to encourage uh, them and what God is calling them to do next. So we've asked them to take this time and to share with you and challenge you. And uh, then at the very end, we're actually going to gather around them and pray over them as a church and um, just bless them as they continue to do the work that God's called them to do. So, Brandon, would you come on up here? And uh, I'd like you guys to welcome Brandon Oliver. Thank you. It's... Uh it's really good to be here with you guys today. As YWAM, we love you guys so much. Uh, my wife, Angela, right there in the front there, she was just saying how, really, I, I think we've been on the greater end, of the receiving end of the blessing, you know, in our partnership, uh, making a mess of our facility. You guys never made a mess of our facility. You guys were amazing, zero complaints. But we, we didn't have a sound system. You had the sound system. We didn't have chairs. You guys had the chairs, you know. Uh, and, and beyond just that time of being able to be together or share a facility together, the partnership has went well beyond that. Um, from, from various financial uh, contributions you guys have made to us and individuals on staff as YWAM and the missions work that we do, which we're so appreciative of. There's also just the friendships that we've been able to have over the years. And I know as the staff have shared many times in various uh, meetings about uh, different individuals uh, here at Transform who are impacting their lives. And I know for myself, I've really appreciated all the times I've been able to meet with Pastor Mike and our conversations, uh, left every time wishing we had more time to talk uh, and just more opportunity to meet together, just leaving those times very encouraged and built up and uh, impressed. You guys have an awesome pastor. I'm sure you guys know that. But... Uh, yeah, um, it's very important to us that you guys just know that we so appreciate you. We, we love the church. We all need to love the church, right? And we want to partner with the church. We don't want to just be in our own little Christian clique and uh, uniting with the body of Christ as much as we possibly can is really important and critical 
So we, we just love your guys' heart. We, we see this with you. We see your desire to partner. Um, and I hear this coming from Pastor Mike often. And I just want to encourage you guys in that and, uh, and just recognize that. That is, that is praiseworthy. And so continue in that. And we look forward to our continued partnership as we move forward, as we move, as we move to Thailand, which we will definitely be talking about. So yeah, if we can just go to the ne next slide. Kind of trusting here. Uh, actually, go to the next slide. That was up there. I thought that was up there already. First timers here. We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna click here. All right. Yeah. So <clears throat> we will be leaving uh, to Thailand, the first wave here in the middle of July. And uh, actually, when we leave, it will be just three months shy of having been here in in Coeur d'Alene for um, uh, being here for six years. So. Um, as you can imagine, I'm sure we're in this, this season of transition, and with transition comes reflection. Um, as I know all of the staff, we're reflecting a lot on this past season, and everyone maybe has a little different season. Maybe some are reflecting on their whole life, They're reflecting back on their whole life. Some are reflecting back on just the time they've come into YWAM, or the time that you know, they really gave their life to the Lord. For Angela and I, we're reflecting back on these last five and a half years, uh, primarily, uh, that we started YWAM North Idaho here and, and all that he's done. And, um, you know, when we showed up here, it was, we moved into our home October 31st of 2016. And it was, we had no staff, zero staff, just me, Angela, and Noah. Our daughter, Eliana, hadn't been born yet. Uh, we had no nonprofit status. We didn't have our 501c3 yet. Uh, we had no facility. We had no idea really how that was going to work out. And we had no finances for the pioneering work that we were going to start. You know, and some of you might be thinking, oh, you're, you're kind of stupid. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I will say that's not necessarily the, the typical way a pioneering work is done, even inside YWAM or outside of YWAM. But I will say this, God is not obligated to, to have to uh, cater to our ideals uh, and, and, and prerequisites that we might prefer. You know, he is not obligated to have to align all the ducks in a row that we would like him to align or have all of our I's dotted and our T's crossed. You know, sometimes he does just say go. And I know for Angela and I, that is in this particular time of, of doing this particular pioneering work that we did here with YWAM, that is very much what we felt like the Lord was saying. And I want to encourage you guys with that. If God is calling you into something that you're feeling, I really feel strongly God's calling me to this, but I don't know about this or this or that or that, don't take that as some kind of sign that the Lord's not behind it. Don't jump to that conclusion. Be willing to take those leaps of faith. And something that I found is that when the Lord calls you to something to that level of faith stretching, he's, he's often preparing you for something else in the, in the future that's going to require you to have a greater capacity of faith and trust in him. And so for me, I'm thinking more about, oh, I need to trust him just for this thing he's doing, this pioneering work here in Coeur d'Alene. That's what this is all about. And I don't really think so. I mean, partially that's probably the case. But really, I think what he's doing is this is in the future. What, what you're going to gain from this isn't just, just to start this work here. I'm, I'm getting ready for something I have for you in the future. And uh, something that's going to be very faith-stretching, right? So I don't know if we should be terrified 
That's why I am as far as what's coming down the road. I know in all reality we're very excited for what God is going to be doing. Uh, we, we expect great things, and we hope that you guys expect great things with us. And so I would just like to take a little bit of time here and just reflect back on what the Lord has done in these last five and a half years and just give God all the credit and glory for the work that he's done and the fruit that's been able to be um, uh, accomplished in this time. And, and, and I expect you guys to appreciate that as well if you've been a big part of that, right? And so in this time, we've been able to disciple and train 22 full-time DTS students. So that's the Discipleship Training School, a six-month intense uh, discipleship program that is an entry-level program with YWAM. So we've had that privilege to disciple 22 students, which is very full-time. 24-7, you're living with these students. You're doing everything with these students for that six months. And uh, so privileged to be able to invest to that capacity, uh, that concentrated level of discipleship is just such a blessing. We've been able to have about 12 full-time staff uh, with us in these last five and a half years. And for some of you, you might be thinking, yeah, that, that's not that much. Maybe it's not. But what I think is important to keep in mind here is when you come into YWAM uh, as, as a full-time staff, uh, you do not have a paid position. You do not have benefits of any, any kind. You're, you're coming in into this organization um, living with, with uh, faith-based support where you have financial partners on your team who are coming alongside you. They want to partner with you in what God is doing, and their level of partnership is, hey, I want to be able to give. I believe in what God is going to do through your ministry, and so they give financially to you. Uh, with that, there's a lot of sacrifices that happen. You usually don't make very much money. Uh, you usually have financial struggles uh, being a YWAMer. You, you have to make other sacrifices of just going without. I think one of the bigger challenges that, that's, you know, causing me to just be so grateful for what God has done with bringing on 12 staff is it's tough. Discipleship is very difficult, right? And ministry is just hard. You know, I heard a minister say once, ministry is an unsatisfied mistress. It is constantly in need, constantly wanting. And I know every pastor is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, and, and, it's really, we're in a, YWAM is a, is a discipling community. We open up our whole selves willingly to be discipled through, through the body of Christ. And it's very, it's very focused. It's very intentional. And that's a draining ministry. So it's very challenging on, on I think, us, uh, not so much physically, maybe at some times, but really mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so I'm so grateful for the awesome 12 staff that we've been able to have over the years who are willing to make these sacrifices. We've been able to have about four outreaches to Thailand, all those being about two and a half to three months long, and each of those producing their own levels of fruit, you know, people coming to the Lord, various, you know, miracles we've been able to see and be a part of, and uh, helping the long-termers establish, the long-term missionaries there establish th their works and make advances and help them in ways that, that they, they needed help in, uh, often very practically, but on other levels. There's just a whole list of things there that we go into that God did in producing fruit on those outreaches. We've been able to run three different six-month discipleship training schools, and I know for every staff that's been a part of those, it is a huge blessing. It's a lot of work. It's really closer to nine months because of the nine months of prep that you're doing before that school gets going. Uh, but it's such a privilege to be a part of a school in a season in, 
individuals' lives who get wrecked for God in a very good way. And they, they encounter God in ways that they haven't, and they become aware of, uh, you, to so many at least, they become aware of what God is calling them into and their purpose that he has them for. And they just fall in love with God, and they meet God in this concentrated, consecrated even time to God in this six-month season. You get to disciple them and be a part of this whole process and life-changing season here and then in Thailand. And so we're just so grateful for that. We also were able to start a DTS student internship, which essentially these are people who are interning to be a student. Super weird. Uh, I thought it was weird when we got the idea, but it was it was awesome. The idea behind it was was to prime that student for the DTS to make their DTS be as good as it could, uh, to 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 get as much out of it as they possibly could. And so often coming into that six month discipleship training school, these students can have barriers and stuff that kind of keep them from going all in. Uh, or sometimes they don't even break through these walls until week four or five, and some maybe won't break through them really the, the whole time. So this internship was meant to, uh, you know, break down those walls and th- those barriers so they could go, you know, full steam ahead once the school started, and it proved to do just that. It was very effective. Every student that did it had a really great DTS, and... Um, yeah, we're just so grateful for that. Actually, I don't even think that hasn't been done in YRAM before. Uh, I hope that it continues. It was just so awesome, and we're grateful that God gave us that. We also were able to run various uh, missions mobilization ministries. Um, and actually, Michaela Hunt, soon to be Gonzalez, she started No Compromise Ministries. And under that uh, was The Call, which some of you probably have seen and been a part of. Uh, she has various versions of The Call. Uh, which, which essentially just speaks to missions, um, why we do missions, uh, its basis for it uh, biblically, and speaking about unreached people groups, uh, what they are, how many they are, and just the imbalance of resources and missionaries going to certain parts of the world. So really just raise awareness about missions and God's purpose in this world, uh, and um, his global purpose, that is. So that was awesome. And then just a lot of other campus ministries that we've been able to start with evangelism and hospitality ministries, uh, you know, sharing the gospel downtown. There's so many different stories we, we, we have there. Um, and um, it, it's just been a blessing. It's, in the first two years getting here was really so much logistical stuff. So to think that really it's been closer to about three years as far as all this stuff that's taken place is just so awesome. And we're so grateful to God for that. And now... We are sending 15 long-term missionaries to southern Thailand. Praise God for that. Yeah, we'd like to uh, have you guys be the first to see the new YWAM logo for YWAM Drong, if you want to pull that up. So actually, Katie Lincoln designed this. So this will be YWAM Drong logo. Uh, That's the province in southern Thailand. That's a rubber tree. Uh, that little kind of bucket at the bottom is what catches what makes the rubber, correct? What is it called, Angela? Silicone. And so there's a lot of these trees in Thailand, but the first one uh, was in Drong, and this province is known for these rubber trees. And so there's other significance to that, to it being a tree for us as well, as far as the calling uh, process of, of us going to southern Thailand. Uh, but, um, yeah, 
I'm going to just share a little bit about the vision that we have for Drong because I think it's going to be more appropriate for me to speak to that later, maybe when we come back and visit, which we know will happen, and to whatever ca capacity we can, or I, I can share more about the particulars of the vision. Um, uh, one other reason for that is because the first in, in missions, and traditionally in, in missions, as missionaries going cross-culturally, the first year and a half to two years is really focused on language learning and learning the culture. Because so much is essentially the, to the degree that you have these two things down, language and culture, is going to be about the same degree that you can communicate the gospel effectively. And so we really have to focus in and hone in on on that the first two years, and we believe that within that time, God is going to highlight and bring to our understanding more of the particulars about the vision that he wants us to engage in. Uh, but I will leave you with uh, the, the gist of it, and it's really just going to be three words. If you just remember these three words, you'll, you'll be on quite well uh, on track as far as our vision, and it's simply mobilize, disciple, and go. Whatever we do, whatever ministries we engage in, will fall under one of those things, one of those three things, mobilizing, discipling, and going. Even in us being there, we still plan to be going as staff into the regions of southern Thailand as we so desire and expect to, to see the body of Christ grow and churches be planted and ministries be planted throughout all of southern Thailand. Uh, at the heart of everything we're going to be doing, no matter what ministry we, will, we do, it will be centered on making disciples who make disciples. And we're so excited for that. Um, so I'm not going to really go into a whole lot more there as far as the vision. I want to allow myself, uh, ourselves time to um, see where maybe we're making assumptions right now. Uh, I've been in YWAM for about 20 years and made a lot of false assumptions when starting ministry. Uh, maybe I'm just exceptionally good at making assumptions. Uh, but... <laughs> I've done it enough to know, hey, try to keep it broad unless you absolutely know something uh, is, is absolutely God speaking. Um, and so, but very confident it's going to be revol revolving or involving uh, mobilizing, discipling, and going. All right, let's go to the next slide. So let's talk about missions. Clearly, missions is very important to YWAMers, given that we're part of a missions movement, a missions organization. But why do we do missions? And I really believe, and I think just all of us with YWAM North Idaho are really convinced that the first reason is because God is more than worthy. He is more than worthy for us to go and see Every tongue, tribe, people, and nation have worshipers of his, be worshipers of his. Yeah. The second reason is because he told us to. And some of you might think, well, that's, that's the biggest reason. And I, I could understand why we, one might go there. He, he tells us to do something. We don't have a choice. We better do it, right? But even if he didn't tell us, we should still be driven to do it because he's worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. And I'm, I, I just believe that glimpsing the smallest fraction of God's worth, the natural overflow of that should lead us to take the gospel to where it's not. Go to the next slide. So is missions 
just another ministry option in the church? And if so, if it's not, if it's not my or if it's not your cup of tea, can we just ignore it? And I'm going to come back later on and answer this question, but I have heard some in response uh, to hearing the use of the word missions say, when did the mission become plural? The mission of the church is singular. There's just one mission. And I like this. I, I like hearing that. I think that is, that is to be the, understand something that I think we need to grasp. Now, I'm not here to lead on the plural usage of missions, uh, but just to highlight that is a correct thinking. So let's define missions real quick. You can go to that next slide. Um, now, the traditional meaning of missions throughout church history uh, has been what's on the screen here, taking the gospel from one's native land to a non-native land that does not have the gospel. Now, this differs quite a bit from the, the usage and the meaning of the word missions we use today. As a fair chance, most of you have heard it said, everyone is a missionary and everywhere is a mission field. Now, I like the heart behind that. I really appreciate the heart behind that. But as Francis Schaeffer said, ideas have consequences, particularly if they're off or false on any level. And so I believe that today within the church, we're experiencing the negative effects of a less than understanding and meaning of missions. Uh, yeah. It's important for us to get back to an understanding that there is this task for taking, for seeing there is a place that doesn't have the gospel and understanding there needs to be a specific role for that. Just like we have a specific role for a pastor and there's a different role and purpose for an elder and a deacon and a teacher and so on. All those are valid positions that are to be executed a specific way and for a specific purpose. And there needs to be a task that sees, look, there is a place the gospel is not. We must have someone going and doing that task. You follow me on that? Okay. All right. So now defining missions this way. Now, I'm just going to run with this definition uh, that's up there today. Um, and so if we take this as the definition for missions, it's important to know that Missions, then, this still falls under something else. And what it falls underneath is God's global purpose. What it's really about is God's global purpose. So I could say God's purpose, or I could say God's mission, but I like to say global purpose to emphasize and remind us his purpose by all means, goes beyond mere local efforts. We have a global God. Amen? 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 We have a global God, and therefore he has a global purpose. So I'd like to look through some scriptures today. If we can go to the next slide. Um, I could spend many Sundays going through all of the scriptures and chapters and books that speak very clearly to God's global purpose. Obviously, I don't have that time this morning, so I'm just going to take a handful today. And so if we can go to the next slide. Surprise, surprise, the missionary is going to use the Great Commission. Um, 
but I may be, um, you know, touching on something you may uh, not have heard before. And so let's just read this together. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what I want to touch on here is the word nations. Um, the, the actual meaning of nations in Scripture is different than we take it today. Today, when I say nations, most people think of countries and maybe more specifically like geographical uh, locations with geogra geographical boundaries. So you probably think Mexico, Brazil, America, Canada, Afghanistan, South Africa, right? But that is not actually what it means in Scripture. And as you guys are aware, words can kind of change or evolve over time. Sometimes they can change meaning as time goes on drastically or slightly. But this is a fairly significant difference that I think is important, and I'd love to hear um, spoken to uh, more often through the pulpit throughout the churches in, in America because it is quite significant. Nations in both the, the Old Testament and the New Testament refer to people groups. So in the Greek here, the Greek word here is ta etne. And every time we see nations used in the New Testament is ta etne. And that literally means ethnicities and ethnic groupings. So a synonym of that is people groups. Ethnicities and ethnic groupings. So this is, this is important because if before you thought we just need to go and make disciples of people in countries, the task is kind of done with that then. But if it's ethnicities and ethnic groupings, people groups, well, within a single nation, it's very common to have hundreds of people groups within a single country. And in, and in a number of cases, thousands of people groups can be in a single country. So what our God is after and what, is he, and what he is more than deserved of is something much more than just the worship and followers from mere countries. You guys follow me there? Okay, go to the next slide. So all through Genesis and Revelation, it's very clear regarding God's global purpose. It's, it's throughout the whole book. And one of the first places it comes in, I actually think it comes more in in Genesis 3, but here it's super clear, and this is known as the Abrahamic Covenant. If you haven't heard of that before today, remember it. It's not some weird Bible geeky term, nerd term or whatever I'm supposed to say there. <laughs> they meant something different when I was going to school than what they needed. It was an insult. It's not an insult anymore, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the Abrahamic covenant. And so this is a promise that God is giving to Abraham. And this covenant is still totally relevant today and in play today. Okay? So let's read. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I'll make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Families of the earth. Sounds like people groups, right? That is what it's speaking about, all right? Um, now, this covenant, this promise, God elaborates on a number of times through Genesis alone. He kind of re restates it 
and each time he restates it to Abram, he uh, gives a little bit more detail. And so the next slide here in Genesis 17, this is the third time I believe he's giving this to Abram. All right, and let's just read to get a little more clarity. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations, people groups. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. So how is it that there's going to be this blessing of a multitude of nations? What is this blessing of a multitude of nations? Well, Paul in Galatians speaks to the Abrahamic covenant. And in verse 6, he says, Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying all the Gentiles Gentiles means every people group outside of the Jews shall be blessed in you for this reason those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed so this blessing that's going to come from Abraham is the gospel being spread and believed in among all people groups you guys follow me there All right, let's go to Psalm 67. All right, this is what David has to say. He says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your day may be known on earth, your saving power among people groups. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere him. David had God's heart. He understood his global purpose. And he deeply desired it. Romans 15, 20 through 21, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, thus I make it my ambition to proclaim the good news, not where Christ has already been named, so that I do not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him shall see, and those who have never heard of him shall understand. Paul got God's global purpose. It so was at his core that it was his ambition. You see, he adopted God's ambitions. This is simply God's ambition. And being a follower of Christ, he assumed the proper role as a follower and took on what his God, King, and Savior was doing and says, your ambition is my ambition. And it seems His basis for this is simply scripture. He read scripture. He says, as it is written, as it is written, those who have never been told of him shall see and those who have never heard of him shall understand. We need more Pauls with this heart and passion today. 
oh God, where are you not getting the worship you are deserved of? What peoples, people groups are not praising you? Revelation 7, 9 through 10, we can go to that next slide. This is kind of the crescendo of all things, particularly of God's global purpose. So John is on the island of Patmos, and he's having a vision. This is the vision. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. There is no more magnificent and beautiful picture in all of Scripture than right there. God's global purpose being accomplished. Now, all these, well, before I go on with that, it's important to know as we read this first right here, okay, that there's just over 7,000 unreached people groups today, making about almost just under 3.3 billion people. Half of those 3.3-ish billion people have never even heard the name of Jesus yet. We've still got work to do. We've still got work to do, church. All these verses share something in common. Uh, Along with declaring God's global purpose, which I trust you've seen that, they show that our biblical mandate has an end goal. Did you guys catch that? There's an end goal right here from every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages. Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all ta etne, people groups. The end goal, disciples of Christ from every people group. Genesis 12, 1 through 3, all the families Paul and Galatians, that's all people groups. Psalm 67, let all the peoples, all the nations praise you and revere you and worship you. There is an end goal, which means it's not to be random in its execution. With this task and mandate we've been given, We are not to execute this task merely randomly. So if I go to my neighbor down the street in Coeur d'Alene and share the gospel, then I go down to the park and I share the gospel there. I go anywhere else here in the Coeur d'Alene, North Idaho area, and I share the gospel. Am I executing the task and mandate we've been given? No, I don't think so. Now, am I saying that we should not be sharing the gospel here? Absolutely not. Let me be very clear. Every Christian, every believer is to share the gospel wherever they are. I do not care where you are. We have the honor 
and privilege and obligation to share the gospel wherever we are. But are we executing the mandate and the Great Commission? I would give pushback to that. I don't think we are. I don't think we are because there is an end goal. All right? There is an end goal. So I'm not suggesting the church not grow in reached places. I'm not suggesting any of that. It's important. I could easily be taken wrong here. That's not what I'm saying. The question I'm just going to put out there, because if, if anyone comes and talks to me after, I'm going to say, what was my question, though? Are we executing the, the, the mandate that we've been given? That's the question. See, as believers, I think we need to steward our call seriously and be asking ourselves that question. Right, and I'm going to give an analogy that Marie uses. Marie, by the way, is just awesome with analogies and a gifted writer, if you didn't know that. So I'm taking this from her, and it's, it's in the same context. She uses this analogy for exactly what we're talking about. All right? So in this analogy, um, you have this, uh, this guy who owns a painting company, and he has these employees, and he says, hey, I want you guys to, to paint this whole house. All right? I'm going to come back in a little while. I'm going to check it out. And so uh, he takes off. And the painters go to work, and they start painting a wall. And so they, they give this wall one coat. They step back, and they go, okay, let's give another coat. So they give it a second coat. Uh, step back. No, that looks pretty good. But I'm just give it one more coat just to make sure. So give one more coat, paint the whole wall again. They step back, and they go, okay, you know, it really looks good, but what if there's any spot that still needs paint? Let's get magnifying glasses. So they all grab magnifying glasses, and they go up, and they start to look at every little square inch of this wall. And they take their time. They have their little paintbrushes now. So they happen to see, ooh, there's a little white speck right there coming through. That needs paint. It doesn't have paint. And so they paint it. Boom, okay. And they go through the whole wall. And this takes so much time in this particular analogy that actually paint starts to peel off. And they got to go back and reply, apply more paint. And they just take so much time on this wall looking for any area that doesn't have paint. And the boss comes back. And he walks in the door, and they look over. They see the boss, and they're super excited. Wait till he sees this awesome wall. Never has there been a wall painted like this. And as you can imagine, the boss is upset. What are you doing? I told you to paint the whole house. See, there was an end goal there. The end goal was paint the whole house. That's the task. We've been given an end goal, all people groups. It should be driving us mad as the church worldwide, knowing there are places that haven't even heard the name of Jesus, that are unreached, meaning they are under 2% Christian, and lacking the needed resources for the gospel to spread. They're without believers to take the gospel. They're without gospel sharers and spreaders. Drastically different than so much of the part of the world today. So, the next slide. In answer to that question earlier, is missions just another ministry option? No, Missions is not just another ministry option. It is right at the heart of God's global purpose because it's taking the gospel where it is not. 
It is right at the heart of God's global purpose and therefore must be central to the church's efforts because it's our task. Never mind missions. Think global purpose. That is the task we've been given. It's my firm conviction that every ministry in every in every and any given church must have as its aim the raising up of Christ's followers and worshipers from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. So I believe, and I'm throwing this challenge out there, whatever ministry you have in the church, men's ministries, youth groups, worship teams, you name it, should be able to direct how their aim is going to raise up somehow in some capacity Christ's followers from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation because that's our call. That is our task. That is our mandate. That is why. You guys follow me there? Some might say our call is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I would say to that, explain to me how we can love God without being obedient. You guys are aware of the love languages. There's like five or seven physical touch and quality time and Gifts giving. I don't love, I don't have any gifts, so. I <laughs> don't have any love languages. No, I was kidding. Um, Angela, my wife, she says that if God had a love language, it would be obedience. That's awesome. That's right on the money. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's a conditional statement. There's a contingency that has to be met in in order for what it's saying to be true or happen. We love him if we keep his commandments. That's what he says. In John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. We are his friends, if we obey the task and mandate we've been given. I'm going to wrap up here with just a challenge I want to give to this church, every church. This is a little more bold than what I I tend to be in a non-YWAM audience. Maybe I'm feeling, you know, a little more courageous or having courage because we're leaving the country. What are you going to (laughs) do? <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I, I really want you guys to hear my heart on this. Hear me as your brother in Christ who loves you, loves God, and just genuinely wants to steward my life, our life, our call in the most glorifying way that I can and that we can. I want him to have our best. So I don't know what the particulars are of the vision here at Transform. I I really don't know of any specifics about it, but I have heard quite a bit uh, from churches around this area and beyond of, of, uh, so a number of them having a vision to plant hundreds or thousands of churches in heavily churched areas. 
I've even heard of some who have as part of their vision to plant uh, many churches, not just Christian churches, but a particular denomination with a specific doctrine to plant hundreds or however many of those churches in a heavily churched area. And I just want to challenge you guys, if you're in that place, if you're there, go back to God on it, please. Would you think about focusing in and the, and the end goal? Maybe have as a gauge what isn't getting done. What isn't getting done in the advancement of your kingdom and your purpose, O oh God? And have a heart that says, I'm here to do whatever isn't getting done in your kingdom, God. We're here to do that. Is it going to be harder? Yes. Will it be greater sacrifice? There will be if you're going to do it that way. But he is worthy. Jesus is worthy to receive the full, full reward of his suffering. He is worthy of the full reward, you guys. And that means every, every single people group. There being a number of worshipers and followers of him from every people group. Let's give it to him. What better way to spend our lives on making sure he gets that and not getting sidetracked, not getting sidetracked, but stepping back and going, what's our task, guys? What's the task? Thank you, you guys, for letting me share, um, letting us share. That's, that's on behalf of all of us uh, at YWAM here, YWAM Drong in North Idaho. Um, I'm just going to have Marie come up. She's going to share kind of on behalf of all of our team, um, kind of where we're at, in just a few minutes. And then uh, the Lincolns will come up and share a little bit of where they're at as taking leadership over for YWAM North Idaho here. And then that's it. And we look forward to you guys praying for us. So, Marie, if you want to come on up. Wow, that was really incredible. Thank you, Brandon. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for having us here today. Thank you, Pastor Mike, especially. Yes, I'm Marie. Um, for those of you that I haven't met, and I'm just really, really honored and humbled to get to take these next few minutes and share maybe a little bit more specifically just our team's heart, um, our passion, and the testimony of what God has really done as us collectively as a family over the past year um, as we really commit to serving the Lord long-term in Thailand. And we've said a minimum of five years, but I know that for honestly the majority of us, we view it as we will be there until the Lord calls us out. Um, so but we will be visiting. Um, and thank you to Eric for helping me put my thoughts together on this. So this is, yeah, just from our hearts, from my heart. Um, so the remaining 3.2 billion in the world that don't have access to this message of salvation that Brandon has shared, it just weighs heavily, really heavily on the hearts of his team as Brandon was talking. It's just my heart is like burning with this. Um, over a year ago is when the Lord really spoke to us as a team in this time of prayer of what it would mean to transition and relocate this ministry to Thailand. And this time was honestly just a lot of joy. It was filling my heart in this moment um, as we realized that 
God was fulfilling something in our hearts. It was this desire that he'd given us to see Thailand come to know its creator. Um, I remember there was a word that was given that God was giving us the desires of our hearts, giving Brandon especially as the spearhead of this ministry, the desire of his heart, because the desire is God's desire, as Brandon has shared. And it was like in in picture, in it was coming to fruition that um, this burden would have the opportunity to be fully expressed, that our feet will finally, gosh, within about a month, finally be long-term on the land of Thailand. We're believing and praying that every place on the soul that the soles of our feet tread will be the Lord's. We're devoted, absolutely devoted, to seeing Jesus exalted among all of the unreached people groups of Thailand. It's our shared ambition that Thailand's going to be reached within our lifetimes. I've been reading in Deuteronomy recently. Um, this verse just really stood out to me. It's Deuteronomy 9.5. Not because of our righteousness or the righteousness of our hearts are we going to be possessing this land, but it's so that the Lord may confirm the word that he swore to our fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, in the Abrahamic covenant that Brandon was talking about. We so desire that finally, absolutely finally, a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages will stand before the Lamb on that final day and worship him. Revelation 7, 9, as Brandon shared. Each of us on this team has been on a very unique journey of our own to come to this decision. The Lord has brought us all from various backgrounds, experiences, but he has brought us together for a common goal. Just like various streams all converging into one current, we all now, like a mighty river, rush towards the same objective. Each of us has inherited this calling through our time at Wyoming, North Idaho. Thank you, Brandon and Angela, for everything. And of course, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts. Some of us have testimonies where the Lord just directly spoke to us in a unique way and called us into this. But for others, this is simply a decision that has been made that's come from reading the word of God and realizing he truly has already commanded us to go. We don't need a, dis a divine sign from heaven. He's given us new hearts of flesh. He has saved us, as it talks about in Ezekiel 36. And likewise, he has pierced our hearts with his all-consuming, all-consuming passion for all ta'etne, to worship him, to love him, and in their love, obey his righteous commands. We recognize that the gate is narrow as it is, yet for those who have not heard, that gate simply does not exist. We all recognize that as it states in Romans 10, 14 through 15, how are they to believe if they have never heard, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? So each of us on this team has adopted this as our primary passion, and that he has revealed to us that our obedience as individuals is to be those who go. But for some in this room, maybe for many in this room, that calling takes on a different expression. For Pastor Mike and the leaders of this church, it's been to disciple, to teach, and to make ready those, are who, those who have been called to go and to fulfill the role of sending. Thank you. For Katie and Andy, as they're going to come up and share soon, to continue to train and mobilize young people to the nations for God's glory. Thus, on this morning... All of our streams are converging to bring about this age-old command to go forth, to multiply, and to harvest people from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. So on behalf of our team, 
thank you for your discipleship, for our time here, for investing in our lives, for partnering with us to see the Lord receive the glory that he alone is worthy to receive. I love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Um, yeah, I'd just like to invite Katie to come up and share. Katie and Andy, both of you guys. That was great. Give it up for Marie one more time. Uh, man. Uh, man, I am just so, like, sorry. What, you don't want to hear me like this? I'm just so overwhelmed, um, even just by Marie's words um, and just by God's faithfulness that I've got to be a part of what God's doing in YWAM North Idaho. When I first came and joined, um, kind of how Brandon was saying, it was very humble beginnings, just hanging out in their living room and praying and just wondering what things will look like. Um, but it was exciting. Um, Brandon and Angela are very visionary, um, very passionate, obviously, of God's global purpose, and it's very easy to follow them in that. Um, but to see this team going and to see them come in as students and leave completely different people is the honor of my life. And I'm so thankful that we get to continue that work here. Um, yeah, as, as part of what God is doing here in Coeur d'Alene and um, in our base, we have a vision of seeing Thailand reached within our lifetime. And right now, the statistics of that is around 70 million people, only 6% of those people are Christian. They're, or I, I believe, Andy just like looked it up on Joshua Prop. Yeah, I pulled it up. It's 6%, it's I'm pretty sure. Here it is currently. No. Oh, okay, 6.5. Point 0.65. Point, sorry, point 0.65, yeah, I know I said that wrong. It's not, it's not even that great. Um, it, no, it's point 0.65. Um, but we want to see that change. There's a saying in Thailand, um, to be Thai is to be Buddhist. Um, and we want to give our lives to see that changed. We want to see that um, to be Thai is to worship the one true God. And we will give everything to see that happen. So we're still here. We're still wanting to mobilize people into this because there's a great need um, that needs people. Um, I wanted to bring up one uh, quote from Dr. Ralph Winter, who is the kind of the father of modern missions. And he says if he could have done anything with a thousand people, he would make them all mobilizers. He would mobilize, or he would create mobilizers to send out waves of armies into this, um, into a third of the world that doesn't know God. Um, and so that's what we're, what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to mobilize people um, into the nation of Thailand. And that's kind of my part of this. And I'm gonna have Andy close it. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I would say actually it's it's the statistics are actually a lot more dire than that. It's not a third of the world. It's it's nearly half a percent are under unreached, which uh, to elaborate on what Brandon said, uh, according to Joshua Project, which is kind of the spearhead ministry in getting data on the statistics of the Great Commission, where we as the body of Christ stand in the work we have yet to accomplish and the what we've accomplished so far. Uh, unreached is what a people group is classified if there's under 2% evangelical Christian, meaning Christians who are disciples who make disciples. 
Um, so even the United States is 77% Christian adherent, so that's any denomination, you know, even nominally Christian, um, like is so common here, um, 26% evangelical, right? Um, Thailand is two-something percent Christian adherent and 0.65% evangelical. So 0.65% of the population, that is less than a percent, um, less than one out of every hundred people is, is actually um, either equipped or able to share their faith. Um, but there's also a classification of unevangelized people. So that's, there are more people than... Um, in the unreached classification, but it's closer to over 50% are within unevangelized and then unreached. So there, there is a great amount of work to be done statistically uh, in our world. But I want to just say thank you so much. Um, I believe I've met most of you guys. Um, and if you haven't met me, uh, Mike baptized me when I was a freshman in high school, and we've been running this race together for a long, long time, Christian Gosh, you guys, it is so exciting. Cayman, dude. Um, <laughs> and if you've known me for a long time, I hope you've seen um, the transformation that God has done in my life through the avenue uh, of Youth with a Mission, through the work the Olivers have been doing, just this time of discipleship through catching on to God's global purpose. Um, we have had a very unique opportunity at our base over the last five years of running discipleship work. Um, I believe around 80 to 90% of our students who have come through our training programs have gone back in to participating in global missions, which is very uncommon for YWAM bases. It's usually under 10% of the students who go into do a discipleship training school will actually go on to do more mission work. So we're very excited. God's doing something with us. I believe it's our focus. I believe it's um, our dedication to the word. I believe it's partnership with the local church. And we hope to see you guys continue to rally with us to see God's global purposes accomplished. You guys have been such faithful partners with us. It's been so amazing getting to see you guys. I would have never dreamed ever, 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 ever to be in this situation with you guys. So thank you so much for having us. Um, YWAM North Idaho is continuing. We hope to be doing our community nights soon, starting this summer. Um, we would love to see you guys there. We want to do it on a night where not everybody in Kootenai County is doing a Bible study. So if you have a date that that's not happening, we want to be able to come together as the local church together and to unite um, to see every avenue of obeying the Great Commission be accomplished. So please, if you have ideas, come talk to us. We'd love to, to start dreaming together. Um, we hope to be running training programs um, within the next calendar year, um, so be on the lookout for that. If you know people, um, please send them our way. We'd love to, to start running with them. Yeah, and I guess if anything else I could say is just thank you so much for being so inviting and so welcoming. Um, not a lot of people want to hear this stuff. I think it can be really challenging. Um, not a lot of want people want to welcome in a bunch of rowdy young people into their Sunday services either. That can be pretty uncomfortable. And you guys have just had such open arms. We just want to thank you guys. Wymers, can we thank Transform? Can we just clap for them? Yeah, I think that's all I want to say. Everyone's said everything that there could be possible to say. So um, I don't know what's next. Brandon, Mike, was I supposed to give you the little subtle nod? Yeah. <laughs> Wink. Come on down here, you guys. 
So can we just thank these guys for being willing to get up and share one more time? And um, I did not know uh, 10 years ago what the Lord was going to be doing in the ministry that I started um, by just walking into a classroom at North Idaho Christian School and with a bunch of rowdy uh, freshmen and sophomores, and uh, they found out that I was more rowdy than they were. So um, we've been having a great time ever since, um, just doing ministry together and traveling together. And so I'm very proud of so many of these young guys for stepping up and doing ministry in our community and, and reaching the unreached. And so um, could I have the team from Thailand, if you are involved with, um, with YWAM, could I have all you guys come forward? Um, and, and what we're going to do is I'm going to have the crew that's going to be long-term, you guys who are going and committing at least five years, could you guys circle up right here? Um, right in the middle, and um, what I'd like to do is invite anyone in the body who wants to come and lay hands and pray over them. Uh, for some of them, this is the last time we'll see them for a season, um, and so let's uh, let's lay our hands on, let's pray over them, and then we're going to go into a time of worship, but I just want to open this up for you guys to come and to pray over these missionaries as they go into a foreign land and as they reach um, unreached people, so um, I'm just going to open the floor and let you guys pray, and then I'll close it off at the end. But um, Rob, would you start by praying over these guys? <laughs> 